So have you have you listened to Zen Bitch Lab? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah. And he mentioned this great experience he had with you back in. Yeah, yeah. You know about this? Yes. Yeah. So we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna get that. Okay. Well, well, only now. <laughs> You're not gonna get that. Nothing to get, huh? No, there isn't. It's not an experience. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We've got a few allies in the audience, which is good. <laughs> All right, so. so. So people have looked at Zen Bitch Slap and stuff? Yes. Yeah? No? Yes? Yes? So you know the terminology? All right, good. Yeah, it just makes it easier. But I'll still explain the idea. Um, I think the most, the word I use the most, or, yeah? Too much, yeah. I don't think I need this, do I? Do I need it? Can you hear me? Yeah, I do. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, the word we used a lot is selfing. Yes. So this, the word selfing is an activity, a mental process. And what it does is it implies and it insinuates and it assumes and it presupposes that we're something that we're not. Yeah. So the thought system thinks of you and I as a body. So when you're thought about, you're thought about as a body. So when I go back, when my thought system goes back three years ago to see, to think about Paul, it's pictured as a body three years ago. You couldn't locate spirit three years ago. You're not, we're not even locating it now. And it's, you know, it's as obvious as hell. But, so the thought system pictures you as a body. So when the thought system's thinking about you three years ago, there's an activity going on that it's remembering you, yeah, as a body, but it's remembering you as a body now. You see? The remembering of you, of you as a body then has nothing to do with three years ago. It has to do with producing the sense of being the body now. Yeah. Because this sense of self being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a thing, a body, let's say, yeah, this sense of self doesn't have its own ignition. It doesn't, have, it doesn't generate its own life. It, so for it to appear, it has to be remembered. Yeah. Self cannot appear. It doesn't exist, but it can be remembered, and then it can seem to exist now, by having it re being remembered, it was existing, and it will be existing. And therefore, its logic is, I was there, I will be there, I am here now, as what? A body. Yeah. So as a great master says, 
a man named Ramana Maharshi, he basically says, this is the problem, not a problem, but the problem. And this is how it's presented. The presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. So what we're talking about here is this, this thing is non-existent without that spirit moving through it. I told this story about last night because it, it was pretty... Uh, it made it made a difference. I was about nine years old, and my mother and I were at this my uncle Fred's wake. And I liked Uncle Fred because he used to give me money at the parties, the relative parties. And my mother wanted me to say goodbye to Uncle Fred, so she walked me up to the casket, and I looked in, and immediately I had a realization that's not Uncle Fred, yeah, because the body was dead, and now. Uncle Fred hadn't gotten injured here, so you could probably take an eye out of Uncle Fred's head, which was never going to see again. It was never going to facilitate seeing, but if you put it into a live body, it would have facilitated vision. Yes? So I saw that wasn't Uncle Fred. Now, in hindsight, years later, when I, when I went over it, I realized I saw Uncle Fred as a body because I was seeing life from my this life from a body. The identification as a body was always in, already in place, so I mistook the spirit as, as the body of Uncle Fred because I was mistaking the spirit or the awareness as this body. Yeah. So the selfing is a mental process that produces this sense of being the someone. Yeah? So basically, in recovery, we talk about conscious contact, but I like to use it in a different way. I believe the experience of here is conscious contact. Yeah? There's consciousness that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, and it's producing experiences. Yeah? So this conscious contact is the basis of life. Now, the mental state cannot get rid of the conscious contact but the selfing does the next best thing. The selfing claims to be the one that's conscious. So the selfing implies that it's you as a body that's conscious. When in sense, the, 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 the more appropriate sense is something's moving through the body, that consciousness. But the mental state doesn't see it that way. Yeah, it can't get rid of the fact of conscious contact. So what it does, it claims that fact and makes it about its little idea of who you are, which is this body. Yeah. So now, when people, when now, when people are experiencing seeing, yes, there's the feeling of being the seer, and the emphasis is always on the seer and seeing, but not the seeing, which is the pulse of being awake right now. The pulse of being awake is not the being the seer, it's the seeing. It's that feeling of being on, yeah? So the mental state claims that, the seeing, and it can't get rid of it, but it emphasizes the seer and the seeing, yeah? So let's say the oneness or the zeroness of spirit now becomes defined as subject-object. You're the subject to every freaking thing you're going to meet this life, yeah? It's the subjectivity that's providing the base of that event, but the mental state is now claimed it's now claimed you're the one that's seeing, you're the one that's hearing, you're the one that's feeling, you're the one that's tasting, you're the one that's thinking, yeah, you're the one that's doing. Yeah? So now all the doing just implies the doer. All this thinking implies a thinker. All the feeling is being used to imply the feeler. This is the bondage of self. This is the activity of being bound to an idea of being a self. Yeah? Now, if it was said in, our, in this book that I'm very familiar with, because I'm in recovery, they don't say bondage to self, they say bondage of self. Bondage to self would be like me getting handcuffed to a, this chair. There'd be a chair... There'd be me, and there'd be something that would bind me to it, yeah? But the bondage we're talking about is not a thing to a thing. It's an activity. It's an activity that is the basis of the system of thought. The basis of the system of thought is that it's self-centered. It's centered on this idea that you and I are long-lasting, independent, separate entities, yeah? 
So in recovery, we say the problem resides in the mind, and that mind, that problem is the thought system. Yeah. So here's the thoughts about yesterday, picturing you as a body. Yeah, They're not your thoughts, they're just thoughts, but because there's a sense that they're yours, then you're very interested in what the thoughts are about. And ultimately, they're always about you as a body. You as a doer, you as a haver, you as a thinker, you as a feeler. It's always about. All right? And so then it has this giant field of what's not happening that it can picture you in. Yeah? And it also has a field of what's not happening called the future that it can picture you in. So now the thoughts go there. They go five years into the future. And you know what? You would not go five years into the future about Stanley. But you will constantly go five years into the future if it's about Paul. It's not that the five years in the future is interesting. Yeah? It's interesting, it's interesting to you. Because it's about you. This is the obsession with self. Yeah? I, when someone comes over to me and starts complaining about the effects of what's not happening. So they're very, very afraid today because they think they're going to have cancer next month. But they don't have cancer right now. And, I, and no matter how much they're telling me how scared they are, I don't see it, hear it, feel it, taste it. I'm not having that experience. I have total immunity to the effect that they're under. But I bet you if the thought that they're having held as theirs was in here and was being held as mine, that thought would have the ability to fuck my day. See, if there's a statement that self is what has defeated us, it's a damn good idea to check out how it does it. Yeah. Instead of living, and the best you can do is learn skillful means, it's sort of like starting, starting the adventure in the hallway of shit and fans. So when you're in the hallway of shit and fans, and you are the one, when you walk into the hallway of shit and fans, you ignite the fans to go on and the shit to be produced. <laughs> then when you're running that gauntlet, which is called Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then the skillful means would be having like sanitizing napkins and a little maybe a, a shield. So, oh yeah, I'm doing much better, but you're still getting hit by shit all fucking day. Yeah. And you're bitching about who produced the shit, they produced the shit, but suddenly the hallway of shit and fans is totally dormant until you walk in it. The whole amusement park, the lights are out, but as soon as you walk in, the whole, all the rides start. You've got to see your freaking roll. Yeah. So what would happen if you saw the sign on the hallway, hey, Hallway of shit and fans. Many have come through, and no, and no one has returned. Why would you think you're different, unless you're obsessed with self, and you don't think the rules that apply to everyone else don't apply to you? Why? Because you don't identify with all the other yous. This you's been crowned as me, a special you that's totally different than all the other yous. There's only going to be one me. You know, amidst all these yous. And I'm telling you, I'm never going to see you as me. And you're never going to see this as a me. We're all, see, I see, you know, in alcoholism, to me, alcoholism is a parasitical movement. Yes? But for it to do what it does, it has to affix to something. And what it affixes to is to self-centeredness. Their self-centeredness is, is like, all right, let's say it's an instrument. So their self-centeredness is like a guitar, acoustic guitar. Now, when alcohol is the fixes to it, it's an electric guitar. Yeah? So when you feel like you're, you have a little tendency of being jealous, drink a little, you're up on stalking charges <laughs> in about three months. Yeah? Everything will get amplified because that's what it is. And so they say in recovery, the root of the problem is obsession with self. But I humbly, humbly would like to move it a little farther back, and I truly believe it's identification as a self. I believe all the mental obsessions about you are to reinforce the identification as that you. Because all these obsessions are ha happening, but there's a statement that you're having all the obsessions. What is that that has all the obsessions? That's the primary obsession. 
and it's being unnoticed. So we're trying, it's like Dracula will go out on every vampire hunt, kill other vampires, because it's never going to be looked at as the mother and father of all vampires. It's not obsession's identification as self. That's how the defeat keeps on happening. It says it very beautifully in the big book of recovery. It says, first of all, there's an incredible word it uses in one of the forwards. It says, we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from, and a lot of people that say this forget this word, a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. And if you look at the word seemingly, the definition of it, it, it means it appears to be true or false to you. You are the biggest role player here. Everything can seem to be either true or false to you, not based on their condition, but based on your condition. Yeah? Yes. So in a lot of times when you, I first went into recovery, people would share this thing, a very common share, where they used to say, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me, which they had built an altar on, it was an excuse for a lot of other fucking things, suddenly is seen as the best thing that ever happened to them. What was it? Was it the worst thing? And then it went through an incredible transmutation into the best thing? Or was it neither? You gave all the meaning it had. You gave it all the meaning it had. At one point, with one view, with one condition, being up the ass of self, that getting pulled over was the worst thing that ever happened to you. Then you start, you know, the divine proctology of AA pulls you out of the ass of self. Then you see it as the best thing that ever happened to you. What is it? From up the ass of self, it's the worst thing. When you're out of the ass of self, it's the best thing. So if it says to get down to the causes and conditions and to the exact nature of the problem, I would humbly say the exact nature of the problem is identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which can never be so, but if you're listening to a thought system, it will seem to be so. As Jesus says, as you believe, so it is. Yeah? So the thought system is presenting you as a body. If you believe it, so will it seem to be. And the insane thing is, now you've been placed, the, the starting point has been obscured, camouflaged, and now you're starting from a point of being a body. And it can go to such an absurd length, you'll try to acquire spirituality framed as a body. Try to graph spirituality to this thing. You know, you're going to have to be vigilant every fucking second, practicing tons of shit, and nothing will seem to last or really yield. It's like you're in that you dyed the cloth and still it bleeds. You can't fucking get it spiritual because it's not. It's a thing. Yeah. But what would they say? What's the highest form? See, we have a statement in recovery. I'm riffing on recovery because there's some people in recovery I respect quite a lot and their seniority in our program. And I'm just going to riff on how I see it. Yeah? <laughs> so here it is. Very simple statement, page 64. Being, being convinced, which means to believe with certain... Your mind, if you, it's, everyone's recovering from something anyway. Yeah? Yeah. Alcoholism, really, what most people, what I wanted to do was get out of self when I got loaded. Every time I shut up, shut up, every time I drank, I wanted to get out of self, yeah? The original addiction is the mental condition's addiction to being a body. That's what's producing all the irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And my first solution to alcoholism was alcohol. I found something that gave me a little relief from that incredible obsessiveness. Yeah? I mean, it was so extreme when I was 12 and I walked through a hallway school one day and a pretty girl said hello to me. I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. This was like a daily fucking occurrence. When I was young, I'd run into a room and then around after six, every time I did anything, it was accompanied by thought. There was an observation of me. It was like a fucking searchlight, constantly looking, you know. You were the center of the whole... Oh, man. Who wouldn't want to get loaded? <laughs> I really feel that was one of the most authentic feelings I ever had. 
I got to get out of this fucking thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, the vehicle I took parked me more into it. <laughs> because self cannot get out of self. How could that statement be true? How can we be the problem and also be the solution? Unless the problem is we're identified with a mistake. And if you see through that, then you are the solution to it. So here's a statement on page 64 of this big book. It says, Being convinced that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. Yeah? We're the us. Yeah? And then there's this foreign installment, let's call it self. Yeah. I see it as a parasitical movement, really. See, a parasite doesn't have a life, so it has to take a life. Yeah. So here we are, all the hosts. I remember when I first started going to AA, after a few months, I walked in and I had a very thick shell of terminal uniqueness. Yeah? <laughs> no one ever did what I did. No one ever felt the way I felt. No one un- ever thought the way I thought. All right, so I'm listening to people share. And at recovery meetings, people share their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions to life. And after a few months, I could only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts? Or maybe they're not my thoughts. And that was a huge breakthrough. The first thing I started calling the not my thoughts, I I gave them a name that they're alcoholic thoughts. But then it became much more all-encompassing. And I saw that none of these thoughts are mine. I've not produced not one of them. Yeah? Nobody's owning any of the thoughts that are circulating around here. Here, if the thoughts predicate into an action, then you'll be beholden to the action as this body. So I can say, and I can have thoughts in that I hate my girlfriend for six fucking years, but one, that one night I say it, I swear to God, I'm, I'm stuck with that bad. She never forgets. I cannot believe you fucking hate me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so in a sense, once I put an action to it, it seemed now I'm beholden to it, at least in this court of life. But basically before, they're just thoughts. They're coming and going. You know what happens is, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at some of its common manifestations. The next paragraph is resentment. Yeah. And then, then we go through fear. But the fact is, resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life. Why do we keep calling them ours? The selfing is producing the fear through us. Why do we call the fear ours? We are proclaiming the root of the bondage while we're talking about a solution. They're not our resentments. They were produced through us from a self-centered point of view. When that self-centered point of view changes, miraculously, resentments seem to become diminished greatly as if there was 8,000 resentments that you just kept running into and now where do they all go? They're being produced by our view. A self-centered view is myopic. You'll see threats when there are no threats. You're totally, totally, totally occupied by time. So if you believe in the thoughts, if you believe in the thoughts about next week, the belief can be so strong that that feeling of the thoughts can override your experience now. You'll forget the conscious contact and you'll be reacting to what's not happening. Not because of the thoughts, but because of the my. The my. The my is a simple little word in English, but it implies so much. It's the claiming of the parasite claiming the host's life. So now the seeing is my seeing. Problems, my problems. Yeah, Feelings, my feelings. Time, my time. We did it last night. I used to do it all the time. Put three words up on a blackboard that mean a lot to a lot of people. Money, all right? One. Health, sex. All right? Everyone would respond with a certain amount of meaning. I'll change the whole meaning of the word without changing the word at all. Change the whole meaning of it without changing it. Not touching a damn thing, but just putting my in front of it. So here I am. I'm sitting here. I wish all of you to have a lot of money, 
but I don't want you to have any of my money. Same money, nothing's changed, but it changes completely with the my. That's the that's the bondage of self. That's the activity of the bondage of self all day. It's using whatever it comes in contact with to use as a pointer to the one that's in contact, and the one ain't a one. What's in conscious contact is consciousness, I would say more awareness, yes? Not a thing. Yeah. This eye is facilitating seeing, it's not seeing. This ear is facilitating hearing, it's not hearing. And I'm telling you, has seeing itself ever exhibited thought or effort to see? Have you had to go to like a seeing gym and work out so you can see better? Yeah? Do you really have a say of what you're going to hear? I could swear I do not want... I, oop, I fucked it up already. There went the bird I was swearing I was never going to see. Yeah. We're in afterthought. You don't want to, if you can't notice it, watch when people talk about feelings. They'll go, a feeling occurs, and they go, I didn't want to feel that, but they felt it. It's the presupposing of a non existent thing that wants to get salvation for that non existent thing. That's all what selfing does. It implies that you're a someone. Yeah? Once that's in place, it just riffs on it then life is seen from the point of view of being a someone. And it's sort of like, you're now on the Monopoly board, but you think square zero, square three. The whole game looks different. So in a way, like when we were young, didn't you have that sense that life was happening? And where did it hit a point where it started to be, life is happening to me? That's when the mental state developed. The selfing is produced by a mental state. That's why there's a lot of spiritual events when someone has a a catastrophic event, when they have an accident or they die and they get brought back. Then there's a seeing because the brain that was producing the sense of self was frozen. So here he goes. Presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. Hey, that would be a lot of fun probably. (laughs) And then wanting to get salvation for that non-existent thing. There's the rub. That's where the slavery lies, right there. You want to be free as a self, not from a self. That's where the bondage is. And a solution can be used to bind you to the idea of being the self, just as easily as a problem. So he goes, presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for that thing. Yeah? Then he goes, when your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? This is the little bit of the Chinese thumb torture thing that catches every spirituality programming people, whatever. Because they're trying to get free as the non-existent thing instead of freedom from the non-existent thing. And the non-existent thing is produced very fast. About 500 of a second, the brain will produce a sense of self. And I don't think there's any process that's offered in this world that's going to outgun that. The only thing that outgun that is timelessness, and that's our inherent condition. Spirit is not of time. See, in that fight, the gunslinger of timelessness never gets beat because the gun's always out. The selfing is a process. It still has to be produced. What you are is unproducible. The the solution lies prior to the bondage, not after the bondage. After the bondage, it's skillful means because you're going to have more bondage coming along the way. It's going to be a chore. It's going to be a job. Prior to the bondage, it's freedom. Yeah? The best way to get out of an imaginary place is realize it's imaginary. That pause that we talk about in recovery, 
That's you and I finally showing up in our own life. Like Zen says, you'll see your original face, and your original face isn't a face. That pause, which the mental states claim to be the one who had it, is not had by the mental state. It totally overrides the mental state. It can change your whole life in a nanosecond. That's the power of you and I. If we were really... And the fact is, we are always showing up in our own life. We just don't think so. We believe so much in the thoughts that we can allow what's not happening to override what's happening. That's a miracle working. You know, like supposedly Jesus brought Lazarus from the dead, but at least Lazarus was alive. We're making shit out of nothing all fucking day. We are. We're making problems out of nothing all day. We're, we're destroying our livers and kidneys fucking with anxiety about nothing. Yeah. You can watch people. See, there's a statement in the big book. I was going over it yesterday because I think it's very under-addressed out of We Agnostics. And it's a chapter where somebody is having a lot of trouble in his life, but is still resistant to any possibility of a solution, yes, in a way. And so he's, he's in the book, it's being his condition, his situation is being explained. And it goes like this, bottom of page 53. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, so what? where was his faith to be so fucked I would say he had faith in the thought system yeah. the thought system was was yeah come on through yeah, yeah. no problem the thought system yes see faith maybe you know just see how it lands in you I see faith as a force of big M mind yeah it's just an aspect of mind and yet if it manifests here its manifestation is going to be based on what it's put in so if the faith that we have innately the mind is faith like it says it can a little faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains well we move mountains we make mountains out of molehills all day don't we we're fucking and the faith is that influencing aspect that's going on and yet, so if, there's, if the faith is in the thought system, which is about yesterday and tomorrow, yesterday and tomorrow will have a bigger influence in our life than now. Not because they can, but because we, we believe they can. So here's the faith. It's really cool what he says. Because a lot of times you go to meetings and people talk about faith all the time. But here he goes, without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. We had to have faith in something. So I believe he's describing a faith in a failed thought system, which is what self-centeredness is. And so that faith is what allows all the anxiety to be produced from what's not happening. Because how could what's not happening produce any fucking product? It's not happening. It's an arid field. We're the germinating. We're the seed. We grow the crop and then we smoke it. So people are here tonight. Tonight's what? Saturday? I guarantee if you're bummed out right now, it's not about Saturday. It's about last week or next week. So here he goes. For did we not, we not believe in our own reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? Yes, we have been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason. This is all he's talking about is the thought system. Yeah. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. Exactly, right now. This whole event is based on faith. It's the most active, influential event, and none of us are quite aware of it. We, we're looking for a faith. We think we've lost our faith. But that's faith. The thought system that says you've lost faith, you're having faith in that. You can't get behind faith. 
If you believe, you're fucked. That's faith. That's the difference between a hopeless state of mind and body and a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's all based on faith. When the faith is completely in the thought system, it's seen as a hopeless state of mind and body. If recovery gets available and offered and you go for it, it will seem like a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, which means you are free from the inherent bondage of it. Because if it was a hopeless state of mind and body, man, that next drink makes fucking sense. It's the logical conclusion. I'm fucked, so I want to forget how fucked I am. So, these ideas... Like, if you follow the Course in Miracles, there's a step, lesson two, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's what this perceptual apparatus is doing. It's giving meaning all day. That's what it does. Yeah. Now, if that meaning is being directed by self-centeredness, you're going to give the meaning of being a threat to things that aren't threatening. You're going to be living in a world of what's not happening. And anything can happen in what's not happening. Anything. You can be totally destitute driving a Bentley tonight, but feel you'll be told in your head you're totally destitute next week. The beautiful thing is there is something called what's happening, now, it can't go over all those millions of possibilities, but it has one quality, what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. <laughs> you may not like it, you may not think it's great, but it's happening. And if there was just a simple obviousness of awareness of that, it would allow an immunity to what's not happening. I would love to be a psychiatrist and my specialty was what's not happening. I could make like 80 appointments every day. I don't even have to work one day and I could rest on the rest of my life because as soon as the person came in and started bitching about what's not happening, I would say, that's not happening. See you next week. So they had like a minute appointment. They thought they were going to get an hour, but it would be one minute. And that's, all right, bring them in, bring them in. Because basically, it's usually almost completely about what's not happening. How can that, what's not happening, seem to be happening? How can something... How can false evidence appear real unless it's appearing real to what's real? How can false evidence appear real? It must be appearing real to what's real. Us. We must be lending reality to it by believing it. It doesn't have any false evidence appearing real. False evidence cannot appear real. It's false evidence. But it can appear real to what's real. And if what is real is forgotten its reality as spirit and is identified as a body, it will give meaning to these things that will evoke fear. The solution is like gravity. I bet you all day at this cafe, not one person was complaining about gravity, its effects. Not one. Not one person said, fuck. Shoulders dipping lower than usual. When they talk about they're really tired, it was the hill. I, I hiked that steep hill. It was gravity. The hill had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So and then there's people who now study gravity for tons of years, and they write books about gravity, and they have letters behind their name. They're a gravity expert. Yeah. 900-page books, but all you need to do to know everything about gravity is enter an anti-gravity chamber. Once you sense the absence of gravity, you'll know gravity by its absence. That's exactly what happens with self. You'll know what selfing is by its absence. And I'm telling you, it's inherently absent. We're the inherent presence. Not as a body, but as the spirit or awareness, whatever name you want to throw at it, it's not going to do it justice. But there is an onness right now that's incessantly so. Incessantly so. It never blinks, it never looks away, it never goes, oh, nothing that ever happens in it causes it to stop. It's like this sky, everything, this sky 
how many of zillions of things have appeared in that sky, yet there's not a mark left on it. That's what mind is like. That's what spirit is like. It's unblemished. It's untattooed. The most heinous thing that you think you ever did did not even leave a fucking henna tattoo on it. (laughs) The freedom from the bondage of self is prior to the bondage. When you're in the problem, you need a solution. But this solution, when you, when you entertain this solution, it tells you there is no problem. It's an activity. And therefore, the solution goes. That's traveling lighter. You don't have to defend a solution. Just like the maintenance of our spiritual condition. What would be the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition? Being a spiritual condition. That would maintenance itself. The being. Yeah? Being. This isn't just an inert spirit. It's in manifestation. It's The river has a quality you can't capture by putting a glass in and getting the water. You have the water, but the rivering isn't there anymore. That movement isn't any there anymore. That's the spirit. The pulse of the spirit is being, not wasing and willing. And we have a statement in recovery. Self-knowledge avails us nothing. Well, how could that be? Because any knowledge claimed by self will not lead to freedom from self. The self will acquire it, claim it, and now you'll be a very, very knowledgeable self. So you know you're fucked, but you're still fucked. It's like we say in, in Course in Miracles, unhealed healers. So self can't get out of self. The great Zen master, Hoang Po, my favorite, Teachings of Hoang Po by John, John Blofeld. If you want to have a nice little book, it's a beautiful capturing of the spirit. And he would say, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. Yeah. So whatever can be looked at cannot be what's looking. Yes? Yes, beautiful. It just saves you so much fucking time. Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. Then he goes on and says, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use the bigger mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. And it's just like this, this presupposing. If there's light seeking light, the light doesn't know it's light. It's taking itself to be something else. And now it's looking for itself instead of living from itself. Therefore, the Buddha will never find the Buddha because you are the Buddha. And this is not an experience. You're not going to experience Buddha nature. You're experiencing everything from Buddha nature. But the Buddha nature can never be put into an experience. It would, it would have to be a thing. It would have to be something, and it ain't. That which is seeing will never be seen. That which is hearing will never be heard. That which is feeling will never be felt. That's the beauty of it. It's pristinely nothing. You can't make anything out of it. It's not, loving gaze is not representing it. (laughs) Fucking calm, monotone voices does not capture it. These are mimicking of something. It can be anything it fucking wants to be here. It can be messy and sloppy. It may seem like a real asshole. It still doesn't matter. So here, it goes on. It's even more beautiful than this, this statement. So it's here it's very clear that the practices themselves, if they miss the idea of this identification as a non-existent thing, the practices themselves become a means of giving life to the thing you're trying to get out of. This is the fundamental little trick in all spiritual practices. That they're made, while you're doing all these practices, the practices are being used to point to the practicer. So you're hoping to become free from the bondage of self, but the freedom, the pursuit of the freedom is being used to bind you to the idea of being the self.
So he goes like this. He goes even farther. You know? <laughs> so, to, let's see, to try to destroy this non-existent thing by practices is to be just like a thief turning himself into a policeman to catch the thief who is none other than himself. <laughs> you can't take it back any farther. The presupposing of the non-existent thing is the immaculate conception. It becomes, it bears fruit when what we are believes it. If that belief isn't given over to it, you'll see the production, the insinuation, the assumption, the implying of the non-existent thing, but you won't be looking from the non-existent thing. You'll be seeing what produces it. And sooner or later, as you're seeing what produces it, the emphasis will be on the seeing, not what that, what's going on, but what's seeing it. And then you have arrived at where you've never left. Now the modality of the mental state gets diminished and now you're in the sense of beingness, which is not trying to culminate, it's not trying to reach a crescendo, it's just expressing. It's just being. There's no time in it, you've never missed anything, there's no longing, you haven't blown it. You, know, you haven't done that one terrible thing that's exiled, exiled you from the kingdom of heaven. You are the kingdom of heaven. Unless you don't believe so. Then you'll seemingly not be the kingdom of heaven. And you may get the double whammy. You'll start looking for the kingdom of heaven as the kingdom of heaven. So there is a solution. You know, I went to Turkey once, and they're incredible salespeople there, really incredible. So I went to, uh, we got off, and I was with some other travelers, and we went to the mosque in Istanbul, and there's this place called Sofia, and a, a very well-dressed guy came over and offered to show us around, you know, a nice gray suit, and so we, he did, he took us to some places, and it was really nice, and we learned a lot, and then he brought us to this brick building, and, and he opened the door, and then you never saw him again. But a guy very similar to him opens the door, and you're brought into this rug showcase place, like a rug emporium, and they go, what's your name, Mr. Paul? He says, do you want some uh, apple juice or some Turkish coffee? I go, I'll go with the apple juice. And he brings us all in, and then we sit down, and then some other guys with gray suits start coming out with rugs, and they start throwing these rugs, and they're catching the light, and they're beautiful rugs. And they do this giant thing, and they just keep giving you more, you know, Turkish coffee and apple juice, and you'd be there for like three hours. It's a great show. But then they're going, they're doing like this, but the only problem is, at this point, I didn't have a floor. Yeah? I was traveling around the world, I had no floor to put a rug on. So no matter how good the invitation was, and all the advertising, it was obvious, it was very clear to me in my life, I was flawless. Yeah? So therefore, that produced an immunity to wanting a rug. I didn't care how great it was. They could have brought fucking naked women rolling around there. I don't have a place to put it. I don't have a flaw. So that was the immunity. Yeah, And so then they said, well, we can fold it up to such a small thing, we'll put it in your knapsack. I said, I'm not going to Thailand with a fucking wool rug on my back. You know, that's absurd. So there was, a, there was a condition I was aware of, which was I'm flawless, which gave me immunity to all this very enticing advertising. This is what it's like. The identification as a body was what, is what makes all this bullshit sound so intriguing when it's about you. When that's removed, you'll see it for what it is. And what it is, it ain't you. It's a mental activity. It needs you to complete its mission. It's only in you believing it that it seems to be so. So, there you have it. Thank <laughs> <laughs>
So it's the movement my. Check out the word my if you want to see it. Because a thought is totally different than your thought. Totally different. And the thought hasn't changed. You're the, you're the bringer of the meaning. Nothing's bringing any meaning to you other than the meaning you gave it. So see the my. That's the act of claiming. And then what it does, it does the whole activity of thought system. In recovery, we say, there's a beautiful statement in recovery in this area where they're talking about fear. And so it asks a simple question. Why are you in so much fear today? And thank God it doesn't let us answer because the book would have been about 800 pages. Yeah? And, it's, and he goes simply, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So most people look at fear as a cause, but it's an effect. The fear that you're living in is an effect of reliance on self. The relief of fear isn't dealing with fear as a cause, it's seeing it as an effect. When you're relieved of the bondage of self, the fear, and most of it's anxiety, mental anxiety, will diminish greatly. Because you're on to something. Just like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruit. Yeah? If you hit the mark, if, the, if you have fallen upon something that's so, it's going to express its so-ness. You're going to be an expression of it, and that expression is a stabilized traveling lighter here. doesn't change the geography of your little action figure, but you'll travel lighter over whatever your geography has in store for you. And what more do you want? That same faith that's producing anxiety when it's in the thought system, if it's, if it's given over to the... the trusting that infinite power it will produce an ease and comfort right now so instead of your interest and attention enslaving you to yesterday and tomorrow it will be enriching tonight you will comprehend the word serenity and no peace it will be sense felt not a fucking understanding a sense feltness you'll be awake to being awake we all are inherently awake there is no, no one's getting awake. We already are awake, but you can be awake to that, or you can be asleep to that. It's as simple as that. That's that, yeah? Any questions? You don't want to beat a dead horse. It's very, it's very juicy right now. Yeah? Just leave it at that. Yes. Well, I, I, when you talk about <clears throat> my disease or my this, it's kind of like saying this is my program or these are my steps. They're not. No. They never were. No. That's right. That's right. That's it. See, to me, the feeling of recovery for me was like something moving through a hose. Yeah? Something moved through. Yeah? this facilitator and it was quite different than what was usually moving through this facilitator which was the selfie and that grace is still alive in the program recovery there's grace that's involved there so when I was there's a statement in recovery says you have to have it to give it away but I believe if you're willing to give it away that's when you have it yeah so then the hose of the water comes through the hose and that defines the hose the water, to me. Instead of leading now, you're led. Instead of directing, you're directed. Yes? And then the idea of experiencing surrender, it moves to surrendered. All that fucking get, losing it and having it and then surrendering again and taking it back is bullshit. You have, there's been a sober assessment that you're not managerial quality, and then you're, there's a surrender. So, great. Yes. Uh, I almost. I used to come to the bullshit. Hmm? I, I used to come to the bullshit of, like, you know, taking the auto managerial. Yeah. Role, you know, I mean. But you don't, bro. How, okay. How, what is your practice, man? It's beautiful. I mean, I would just wish that I could just let go of pretending that I'm the manager. Man. It just, and, it, you know, it happens so subtly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's fast. I'm just like, without even realizing it, I'm managing. 
See, but the thing is, really, just you see the claiming there. See, there's unmanageability, but then when it's translated into our language, you're the one that has something to do with it. But it's just a mental state. Yeah, it's what you are is a is what is a constant seeing. Yeah, it's not doing the double flips. It's not doing the getting close and then far away. It's just there. Yeah, prior. You have been at every moment in your life. This whole idea of trying to get into the moment is based on an insane idea that you could be out of a moment. There is no moment without you. Yeah? So this idea of getting into the moment is ridiculous. You can, it's imp- all you realize is you cannot be out of the moment, and then you have the experience of being in the moment. But it's not produced by you getting in the moment. It's the realization you can't be out of a moment. And the whole idea of trying to get out of self, you never were in, in self. It's an activity. There is no ass of self you can go up. <laughs> so practice is just maybe looking at the thoughts and just sensing that unspoken my in front of it. So that you can watch, you can catch the thief in your own house, yeah? I'm not going to stop talking until the money arrives. I'm like a performing animal. My lavish lifestyle. I don't want rugs. I want lattes and things. And, you know, if you're interested in Zen Bitch Slap, we have a lot of free content. And if you just listen, some it's sort of like we were talking last night. People sometimes, they, there's something they say a lot. They say, man, everything this guy says goes over my head. Yeah, But the fact is, that's the whole point. See, they believe that I'm talking to them about mine, big M mine, but I'm talking to mind about them. Yeah? I'm throwing a lot of freaking shit out, sort of like a spiritual sperm, because all that's needed is one to get to the egg. And the mental state is very fast. It's throwing its mid up. Oh, I got that. I heard that. It's very, very quick to claim the invading little missile. It's like the Death Star. It's shooting them all down. But if you throw enough, one's going to get over through, and then the mind goes, wait a minute. It has a a possibility enters into its lexicon, which is, hey... I'm not that. Therefore, I can be free from it. That's the beginning of the end for the mystery phantom. Yeah. So we're just throwing it and throwing it and throwing I have faith in mine. I know all it needs is to hear the message. The problem is getting it through the fucking force field of the mental state. Yeah. Because what happens is people hear the message and then they go home and they think about it and then the, the self makes the message into something and it neuters the message. It has to neuter the message for it to know it. Because the message is, it is not knowing, it's being. To know this message is to be this message. The last thing you want is having this message, because then you'll come to 900 of these fucking talks getting super pissed why you haven't gotten it yet. It's not having it. It's being it. It's not having an experience of it's being it. Like we do in recovery. Uh, You'll have a new attitude and a new outlook. It's so beautiful because mostly what the mental state promises is a refurbished attitude and outlook. But we're going to get a whole new one. We're going to have a new freedom and a new happiness. Yeah, These are great statements. It's not going to have anything to do with the modality of self-centeredness. It's going to bleed through the already canvas. It's not going to be applied from the outside. It's going to be teased out. What you are is going to be teased out into your life. And if you have alcoholism, the program recovery is an incredible teasing out of the spirit. It diminishes the mental condition so that which is obvious can become obvious to you or as you. The problem resides in the mind. The dilemma is we're excessively obsessed with a mental condition, which is the selfing. 
and suppose, quote-unquote, the spiritual condition is totally underappreciated. But it's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it other than the ones you make up. All right, that's it. Yeah, yeah. All right, hey, tomorrow night we're doing something. Yeah, we have another meeting tomorrow night, so they're gonna they'll know where it is. You're welcome.